turn with me to uh, 1 Samuel 25. 1 Samuel 25. Brian came to me a month ago. He says, some Sunday morning, could I have about four or five minutes to share something on my heart? Okay, sure. So he just, that, he was passionate about that, about your giving. He wants God to bless you. And, and um, so I appreciate him sharing his heart and, and uh, doing that. But uh, we'll save that message that I have on your outline for next week, okay? But there's something that's, that's, that I was going to get into today. So we're going to look at this a little bit. First Samuel chapter 25. Now Samuel died and all of Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him in the house of Ramah. Then David rose, went down to the wilderness of Barat, and there was a man in Moan, whose business was in Carmel. The man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now, the name of this man was Nabal. And the name of this man's wife was Abigail. The woman was discerning and beautiful, but the man was harsh and badly behaved. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men. And David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall greet him. Peace be to you. Peace be to your house. Peace be to all that you have. I hear that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we did them no harm. And they missed nothing all the time that they were there in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever you have at hand to your servants and to your son David. When David's young men came, they said all this to Nabal in the name of David, and they waited. And then Nabal answered David's servants, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants these days who are breaking away from their masters. Shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for the shearers and give it to the men who, have, who come from I do not where? So David's young men turned away and came back and told him all this. And David said to his men, Every man strap on your sword, his sword. And every man of them strapped on their sword. David, who also strapped on his sword, and about 400 men went up after David, while 200 remained with the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, Behold, David sent messengers, to, uh, messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he railed at them. Yet the men were very good to us and suffered us no harm. And we did not miss anything when they were in the fields all, as long as we went with them. They were a wall to us both by night and by day. All the while, 
We were with him keeping the sheep. Now therefore know this and consider what you should do. For harm is determined against our master and against all his house. And he is such a worthless man that one cannot speak to him. Then Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves, two skins of wine, five sheep, already prepared, five seas of parched grain and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and laid them on a donkey and she said to her young men go on before me I will come after you but she did not tell her husband as she rode on the donkey and came down under cover of the mountain behold David and his men came down toward her and she met them that David had said surely in vain I have guarded all this fellow has in the wilderness, so nothing was missed of all that belonged to him, and he has returned me evil for good. God do so to the enemies of David, and more also if by morning I leave as much as one male of all who belong to him. So, Lord, we just pray that you just help us learn from this lesson. Lord, we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 4. We learned last week that we're all called, we're all ministers, but God... We also know from Ephesians 4, 17, all the way to the end of the chapter, Paul tells us to put on and to put off. We're to put off the old fleshly nature. So this morning, God, just help us to understand what the flesh can do and how it can get us into trouble. We just ask it in Jesus' name. So here you have Nabal, a very wealthy man, a self-made man, and David was no secret to his people. They all knew that he was running from Saul. They all knew he had a mighty army. They all knew that he had done tremendous things, taking down Goliath, different things. But yet Saul, in his jealousy, was out to kill him. They understood that he had been anointed to be king. Anointed to be king. I was telling my wife, there's so much about David's early childhood that we don't fully understand. I'm going to challenge you to read Psalm 51.5. Psalm 51.5, not today, but read that. And then start studying it and looking it up. See what David says about his childhood. There's something that took place that we never talk about. He says, my mother conceived me in iniquity. That's strange. You see, he was of the tribe of Judah. And ten generations before that, or even a little bit longer, Judah had a son who died. And he had a daughter-in-law who was crying out for help. And Judah ignored her. Then one day in passing, she dressed up, covered her face, and Judah took and slept with her, not knowing who she was. And she, he left something of his. She goes, give me something to identify you. So he gave her something. She got pregnant. When the Israelites found out that she was pregnant, they said, we must stone this woman. She's a widow. We must stone her. And she says, before you stone me, before you stone me, let me reveal who the father of this child is, 
And she laid out who it was. It was Judah. You see, the tribe of Judah, those that would worship and praise, they were on the east side of the tabernacle. But because of that sin, they were cut off. They had to stay outside the tabernacle. They couldn't go to the outer courts. They were beyond that. For ten generations, they weren't allowed in because of the sin of Judah. Now you have David. Judah is finally allowed back to the outer courts. But they were very cautious. Don't do anything that would cause us problems. We don't want to ever walk through that again. It's really strange that when Samuel came, because when the prophet Samuel showed up, everybody was scared. Because he spoke for God, and what he said they knew was from God. Very scared. And he shows up at Jesse's house. And he says, bring me your sons. And Jesse lines up his sons. He even lined up one of his grandsons as a son. The seven. Samuel goes to the first three, good looking, strong. And after three, he stops. And he says, is this all your sons? See, there's something going on here. Is this all your sons? And Jesse goes, I have one more. Wait a minute. The prophet of God said, bring your sons in, and you don't bring them all in? Jesse, what are you hiding? There's something going on in the house of Jesse that none of us know about. I have one more. He's on the other side of the mountain. Who puts a son by himself with a few sheep on the other side of the mountain? Who does that where a wolf or a lion or, or something could tear a bear, could kill that kid all by himself? Jesse was hiding a boy that he didn't feel was worthy to be called a son. There's some sin going on somewhere. And then David says in, Samuel, or in Psalm 51, 5, In sin and in iniquity, my mother conceived me. Whoa. Did Jesse have an affair? Did Jesse's wife have an affair? He calls and he brings forth David. And all of a sudden, David comes and he says, this is the one. Anoint him. This is the king. This is the one that will rise up. Can I tell you something? David understood that he was a castaway. He was set aside. Nobody really wanted to acknowledge him. He was little and ruddy. But he was able to come before the presence of the prophet, receive mercy that he wasn't getting from his own family. That's why his brothers reacted so bad to him. 
when he was there with Goliath, for some reason they treated him like he was a bastard. I don't have all those answers. But what I do know is this. When David showed up, he received mercy from the prophet, from God, and he was anointed to be king. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've walked through. God wants to show you mercy even if you've messed up big time, even if your family messed you up big time, even if you've done things and you're like, nobody knows. God knows. And Jesus still died for you. So here's David running for 13 years, running from King Saul. His men are hungry. And you meet this guy, Nabal, whose name means empty. He's empty. I don't know this David. I don't know this son of Jesse. How did he know he's the son of Jesse? I don't know, you know, da, da, da. I'm not sharing anything with him. And then David gets the response with his feelings. What? He said, what? I'm going to take him and all his men out. Do you understand what feelings do? Feelings get you in a mess. When we start going by our feelings, and so when you look at Ephesians 4, and you look at the half, last half of the chapter there, Paul's saying, put off the carnality, put off your flesh, put on Christ. You're a new creation in Christ. Put on Jesus. Can I tell you something? That is a daily battle. That is a daily battle. When I meet with the staff and we talk about accountability, one of the things that, that we bring up is, what did you do to bless your wife this week? Adam gives a list of 25 things. I didn't know Sherry was that blessed. He said, she has to do nothing. I do it all. I bless her every moment. Sherry, you are a highly favored Sherry, you're saying right? Okay. Some of the hardest people to serve are those in our own family. Can I say that again? Abigail was in a position where a woman really wasn't recognized those days. She wasn't considered equal with a man, and yet what does she do? When the servant comes to her, Abigail was a righteous woman. She understood, we can't go by my husband's feelings. He's a fool. But then she meets the future king, and she says, whoa, wait a minute, David. You're anointed. God wants to use you. Do not put this blemish, if you read the rest of the story, don't put this blemish on your life by doing this to my husband. You see, Nabal and David were both going to live in the flesh. They were making decisions according to the flesh. And then she laid out all this stuff that she sent ahead with the servant. This is yours. This is yours. This is yours. It says that Nabal threw a party. He got drunk. She knew she didn't want to tell him what she had done. So she waited. 
and told him what David was going to do to him and what she did. Abigail is a righteous woman. Sometimes in our lives, thank you, Jesus, for somebody in the family that's willing to speak truth into our lives. Wait for the right timing. Sometimes there are people in our family that step out and do the right thing when we're in the flesh and we're wanting to do the wrong things. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You've been wounded. You've been hurt. You've been set aside. You've been blasted verbally by somebody. Let it go. Lay it down. God is still in charge. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. Can you imagine the mess? Had David gone and killed all those men? The future generations that would not be there because of his moment of anger? Don't sin in your anger. Amen? Don't raise your hand, but you're here this morning, and you're like, oh, Owen, my fuse is short. Then I'm talking to you. Be careful what you say and what you do. It could land you in prison. It could land you in prison. The problem with Americans is we think we have a right to defend. And sometimes when we start to defend, we're really walking in disobedience. Come on now. Now I'm going to step on some patriots' toes here. I'm going to take them out. We're going to rid them. Our flesh rises up like that. Amen? But sometimes in because we've lived in a nation where it's been all about us, we have to be very careful in what we go and do in the flesh because if we did it in the flesh, it could cause many more problems for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Yeah, but I'm doing the... No, no. Since when does God need you to do it? Come on. God's big enough. He'll use the people at the right time. He'll bring Abigails in who will say, this is what God's really wanting to do. You heard me speak about it last week. Why aren't we praying and fasting? I've had folks call me this past week and say, man, I started fasting. This was a cool thing that I've never done before. That's great. But we need to fast for our nation. We need to fast for our nation. Something weird is going on in Ukraine. How is it that world leaders are giving this little leader in Ukraine all this money and all these weapons, billions of dollars? How is it that he, and he's demanding more and more, how is it that they keep giving? Something weird is going on. The devil is the greatest blackmailer out there. I believe they know something. They have stuff in Ukraine on file about all these leaders and what they've done. And they're saying, give or we will expose. That's just my philosophy. Because it doesn't make sense 
to give that kind of money when we can't even help people out in Ohio. It doesn't make sense to give that kind of money when we're allowing, I heard one of the elected officials, we believe is close, closer to 12 to 15 million illegals have come up into our country. It doesn't make sense if there's not some really dark, ungodly stuff going on. So, well, yeah, we're going to rise up and defend. No, you need to rise up and pray. You need to rise up and fast. You need to get alone with God and say, Jesus, how can I make a difference where I'm at in what I'm doing? How can I be an Abigail in the midst of this destruction? The United States is not a player in Revelation. We must be diminished in the end times. I didn't say destroyed. I said diminished. Doesn't sound good, does it? Especially if it's sooner than we think. Be careful not to walk out your flesh. Let Jesus and the Holy Spirit lead you each and every day. I feel it's really important that we just continue to pray for leadership. It's important that we pray for state and local officials. It's important that we, we do get involved, we run for office, we get elected, but we stand. Stand with the fruit of the Spirit in us. Amen? Not this revengeful, fleshly attitude because then you're going to say something you're going to regret. Some of you have been at meetings and you're like, oh, I need it. Many times Jesus was silent. And he only answered their question with another question. There's wisdom in that. Be led by the Spirit, not by your flesh. Stand with me this morning. The only reason I'm sharing that naval story is because I just see two prime examples of men in their flesh making decisions in their flesh that could have cost hundreds of people their lives. Thank God for somebody that was willing to step up, step out, take the chance of being ridiculed, punished, disciplined, but Abigail said, no, 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 no. Would you bow your heads this morning and maybe, maybe your heart is I don't even know why I'm here today. Maybe you were here because God wanted you to hear Pastor Brian talk about giving. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been talking to you about that. Shaloi and I, if we sell a house, we give on the profit. If we get an inheritance, we give on the, anything that we gain. We, we've always tithed on everything, and we give above and beyond that. And God has met every need. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. Some of you have struggled because you've denied God things 
And today's a day to change that. Others are here and you're like, no, you don't know, Owen. I've followed my flesh. And I've done some things. I've hurt others or been hurt by others because I got out in my flesh. I went out with the wrong people. I did this in my family. I, I, I said things, words that I can't take back to my spouse, to my children, to my parents. You know what? The Holy Spirit's here and he's saying, yeah, you get off in your flesh. But Jesus saw those mistakes, every sin at the cross, and he still died for you and he still loves you. He still wants to make a difference. And I realize because we see so much in the news, it can cause us to get all stirred up. And there is a righteousness that rises up in us, a holy righteousness, an indignation. But yet, that has to be tempered by the fruit of the Spirit. Is anybody here perfect? Absolutely not. Have we all made mistakes? Yes, we have. But Paul tells us, that we are to walk out Christ. So it's not an excuse to stay where you are or to hide from where you've been. It says that we are to repent and turn, to lay it down. With nobody looking around, you say, Owen, I need to repent of some things. I'm not going to ask you what it is. Not, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to ask you to give any details. But you're just saying, God, my flesh, my desires have outweighed things that I know you wanted me to do. And I just, I just want to repent. Nobody, would you just lift your hand up and say, that is me today? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of hands. Hands going up everywhere. Just put them up, put it back down. Anybody else? Just remember me in prayer, Owen. Yes. Yes. We say things in our flesh, and man, they are so cruel. We do things in our flesh. Can I tell you, as you repent, as far as the east is from the west, it's forgiven and gone. That's what's so good about God. It is gone. It is gone. So say this after me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for what I've said, what I've done. I have followed the flesh, hurt others, hurt myself. I'm so sorry. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to direct my steps, direct my voice. If I need to apologize, if I need to make amends, help me to do that. But I stand before you in humility saying, I am so sorry. Now, Lord, I pray for each one that said that prayer, that lifted their hand. I pray, God, you will redirect their steps. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. Your word lights up each and every day. 
Help us, God, to grow deeper in you. Because we each have a purpose, as Abigail did. In a man's world, she stood up and she said, no, 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 no. Don't do this. We've got to do this. Please, help us to be led by your Spirit. Help us to be praying and fasting for our nation, for our state, for our community. Help us, Jesus, to be a light. Not approving of sin, but God getting on our knees and saying, Holy Spirit, do what you, can, you only can do and make a difference. So, Lord, those problems right now that we've been facing, that we've been struggling with, right now we give them to you, Holy Spirit. And we say for America, change the direction. We thank you for the move that's taking place, but God, we need a revival within this government. We need men and women saved, their lives changed. We need darkness revealed so that we know how to pray. We need those, God, that are sabotaging everything that's going on, that are undoing things for a greater cause. We know it's that Luciferian spirit of the enemy that is misguiding them and leading them astray. But, God, we're saying let your Holy Spirit get a hold of these ungodly people and save their souls. Help us to be a light to our family, to our spouses, to our friends. And Lord, help us no longer to walk in condemnation, but to know, Jesus, that you love us and that you're for us. We just ask it in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a good week in the Lord. Sing it, Melissa. If you'd like to support the ministry at Church Alive, there are three easy ways for you to give. Give at www.churchalivewc.org. Click the giving button in the top of the menu. Then you will scroll to the giving page. And there you will choose a designation. Then type in the amount you'd like to give. You can choose to give to another fund by clicking the add a donation button. Leave a comment or make your gift reoccurring by clicking in the box. Then you will click whether you want to give by a card or your bank account. Enter your information and check the amount you want to give, then click the submit button. You can also give through the Church Alive app that can be found in your phone's app store. Once you've downloaded the app, click on the Church Alive app, click the giving button, and then click continue on the next page. You'll be taken to the app's giving page. From there, follow the instructions for giving online. If you'd like to send a check, the address is Church Alive Worship Center at 2401 South 100 West, Lafayette, Indiana 47909. We want to thank you for being part of the Church Alive family, and we pray that God will bless you.